This is the second presentation to be posted to the tax update site, and this is a portion of a presentation that was made to the Phoenix Tax Workshop on June 25, 2005. This particular presentation will deal with limited liability companies and self-employment tax liabilities as the law stands today. The entire presentation, the entire information that was presented to the Phoenix Tax Workshop, the handout materials, can be found on my website, edzollers.com. However, we're going to discuss the limited version today of limited liability companies and how they are impacted by the self-employment tax and the confusion that results. Self-employment tax and FICA are related taxes, the way most practitioners view them, but if you look at the actual law underlying them, they are not nearly as related as you might expect. In essence, there is no necessary equivalence that says if one tax applies, the other one doesn't, or that both the one or the other will apply to an earned income item. In fact, there is no such linkage. We have some interesting rules and some interesting misconceptions, and these misconceptions play into the problems we run into when we look at limited liability companies. Let's consider, though, the overall rules first as to what the definition is of each type of tax. FICA taxes, we are aware, are imposed on wages. And FICA taxes are defined in Internal Revenue Code Section 3121. The general rule is found at 3121A, which provides that wages are all remuneration for employment, including the cash value of all remuneration, including benefits paid in any meme other than cash. A broad definition, but one needs to be an employee, because you have to have employment to be covered. But if you have employment, you're covered. And Section 3121B broadly defines that term employment. However, we look now to self-employment tax. That is the second category here, and that is definition is found in Section 1402. The original broad definition is found at the beginning of Section 1402 and states, and I quote, the term net earnings from self-employment means the gross income derived by an individual from any trade or business carried on by such individual. Please note that was an individual test we had there. Continuing the quote, less the deductions allowed by this subtitle which are attributable to such trade or business plus his distributive share, whether or not distributed, of income or loss described in Section 702A from any trade or business carried on by a partnership of which he is a member. Important second note there. The test for carrying on a trade or business for a partner is looked at from the partnership's level. There is no requirement that the partner be involved in carrying on the trade or business, or, to put it more bluntly, no requirement that the partner provide services. In the case of Norwood versus Commissioner, Tax Court Memo 2000-84, a taxpayer discovered this much to his chagrin. The taxpayer in question had performed virtually no services for the partnership. Nevertheless, the taxpayer still was required to pay the self-employment tax. And the tax court pointed out clearly in that case that the number of hours he worked wasn't relevant. The tax court also pointed out clearly in that case that it didn't matter that this might have qualified under 469 as a passive activity. That was not relevant either. Many practitioners are confused and believe those are both relevant issues for a partner. In fact, neither one is apparently relevant. We will get into when we get to LLCs where some of it may become relevant, especially the number of hours worked, but that deals mainly with the confusion involved. Now, in the presentation materials, if you've downloaded those, we begin discussing LLCs and their tax attributes on page 4. Limited liability companies were a weird device come up with by the Wyoming legislature one year. 
And the idea was that they were looking for an entity that could be taxed as a partnership, but which would provide limited liability, but unlike a limited partnership, would not require the taxpayers or the partners stay totally out of the operation generally in order to keep the liability, nor would it require that there be a general partner who would be liable for the debts of the partnership. The problem that we ran into, or we have to understand that the design here was to find something that was not defined under the Internal Revenue Code, and it is not. There is no such thing as a limited liability company in Title 26 of the United States Code, better known as the Internal Revenue Code. What is defined there are individuals, corporations, partnerships, and trusts. Your entity, whatever it is, has to fit into one of those little cubby holes. When LLCs first came on the scene, the way you fit something into those cubby holes that didn't automatically fall in was to look at the nature of it and then figure out if it was more like a corporation, more like a partnership, etc. And if it was mostly like that and fell into that category, we tested it, the old association rules. Now, it's important to realize that was there when we start discussing what happened. The issue became, if it's an LLC, and if it's a partnership, if we decide it is a partnership under the rules, whatever they may be, then that still doesn't answer the question as to whether the person in it is a limited partner or not. Why is that important? Because Section 1402A13 provides an exclusion from self-employment tax for amounts paid, distributive amounts, to a limited partner except for, except for amounts received essentially as guaranteed payments in exchange for services. So if a person is a limited partner, then it does not count for self-employment tax purposes, despite the fact that the partnership carried on trade or business. If you are not a limited partner, and I want to specifically phrase it that way because the code does not say if you are a general partner, it just says if you're a partner, you're in, and then says if you're a limited partner, you're out. So if you are not a limited partner, then you are excluded then you are included, you are considered to be subject to self-employment tax for the trade or business income of the partnership, regardless of how many hours you worked. The IRS decided they had to deal with this LLC concept. And in 1994, they decided to propose a set of regulations that used a functional, that used the test of, could this have been a limited partnership under state law? And could this person have been a limited partner, given what they do in their set in their relationship to this entity. That made sense, if you remember, because the 94 proposed regulations, we'd already, under the 90 rules in place in 94, under the pre-check-the-box rules, we had already determined this was more like a partnership than a corporation. So now we're going to determine, is it more like a limited partnership or more like a regular partnership, a non-limited partnership? And so in order to escape self-employment tax under those rules, an LLC member needed to be not a manager of the LLC. The LLC could have been formed as a limited partnership in the state in question. You had to have been able to have used an LLC. If there was a prohibition on using a limited partnership, you could not be a limited partner. And the member would have qualified a limited partner under state law in the theoretical limited partnership we just designed. As noted, please remember, these are pre-check-the-box rules, so we'd already qualified as a partnership. January 1st, 1997, a revolution hit for LLCs. The IRS rolled out the check-the-box regulations. 
The check the box regulations got rid of this classification method where we looked at is it like a corporation, is it like a partnership, and rather gave us essentially a choice. In exchange for that, they got rid of now this proposed regulation. They junked the 94 proposed regulation saying is it like a limited partnership and went to a different set of rules. Proposed regulations. Now again, the 94 regulations never became final. They were withdrawn and replaced by the 97 proposed regulations, which, by the way, never became final either. But the 97 proposed regulations became extraordinarily controversial, in fact became known as the stealth tax regulations during that period. But let's take a look at what the 97 proposed regulations, which are still proposed regulations as of today, tell us we use for a test. General rule is an individual generally would be treated as a limited partner, which sounds like a good choice. It says our default is we will be limited unless the individual, one, has personal liabilities for the debts or claims against the entity by reason of being a member. That does not mean you cannot personally guarantee the debts. It means that structurally being a member of this LLC would make you subject to the debts under state law or the mechanics of the arrangement. It does not mean you could not guarantee a debt with, let's say, Bank of America that you're going to borrow for the partnership. Second, this individual, we will not qualify if this individual has the ability to contract on behalf of the LLC under the statute or law under which the LLC is organized. So if you have the right to contract under the law, then you are not a limited partner. And finally, if you participate in the LLC's trade or business for more than 500 hours during the tax year. Here we find an individual participation rule. Now, the IRS liked this better because, remember, in the 94 proposed regulations, if the state law differed and you would not, it is very possible somebody doing identical work could have been a limited partner under one state's law, not allowed to be a limited partner under another, we'd have gotten a different result. Now the IRS says, well, we're just going to do this generically across the board. Well, this particular proposal got very controversial, though, when the IRS added another deal. You could not be a limited partner if you were a service partner in a service partnership. Now, a service partner is pretty well defined as somebody who provides services to or on behalf of the service partnership's trade or business. Okay, that's broadly. You did services of some sort. There was an exception for de minimis amount, but clearly that had to be well under the 500 hours because the 500 hours test didn't make sense or they could have just grabbed it. So we would presume it had to be well below 500 hours to meet the de minimis rule. The more important issue was a service partnership was defined as an entity with substantially all of its activities involved in the performance of services in the fields of health, law, engineering, architecture, accounting, actuarial science, or consulting. The personal service corporation areas for C corporations. Congress said hold it. Congress passed rules that prohibited the IRS from implementing these regulations or taking them final prior to July 1, 1998. And Congress indicated they had real doubts about whether the IRS could adopt such regulations anyway. Now, unfortunately, Congress gets distracted quickly in having, quote, solved this problem or more or less delayed it. Uh, Congress never went back to revisit and tell us what the rules were. However, the IRS proved that they learned their lesson. And despite the fact that they now could make these regulations final, they didn't do so. Neither did they withdraw them. Neither did they ring out new regulations. So what we have are the 97 proposed regulations sitting there as proposed regulations. Where does that leave us? It leaves us with a mess. 
And there are three essential positions that can be justified, it appears, or at least are attempted. And I should add, there's probably a fourth here, which is lousy, fair, whatever you want to do, you can do, because the IRS is afraid to touch the area. Assuming that we're not going to worry about that position for the moment, and that position is not does not have substantial authority and would not qualify you if you have any Circular 230 concerns you're in your mind, let's go to the three key issues, the three methods that could be argued. Method number one is the literal code interpretation method. The code says under 1402A13, you are a limited partner. You are not subject to SD tax. A limited partner is defined under state law. In fact, we created LLCs because we didn't want to be limited partners under state law. That's why it didn't work for the entity. We didn't want to be a limited partnership. Therefore, the argument goes, if the entity is a limited partnership and you are a limited partner, you are excluded except for those guaranteed payment concerns. Now, that's both good news and bad news, I suppose, compared to the proposed regulations. Under the proposed regulations for 97, even if it was a limited partnership and it was in a prohibited field, you were in trouble if you performed services. As well, if you performed more than 500 hours of services, even if you qualify as a limited partner under the state law, you still were in. Under this view, the literalist view, you would say, nope, if you're a limited partner, state law recognizes you as a limited partner. That's simply the way it works. Object two, some practitioners will use the 97 proposed regulations as the second way to look. The IRS has informally indicated they would accept the use of such a test. If taxpayers do them, they will not challenge them, at least until new regulations come out or something else happens to tie this one down. So the 97 proposed regulations can be used, and for some taxpayers, they will result in allowing you to exclude them from self-employment tax. So they're not to be dismissed totally. If it works, I would certainly suggest you using it. Finally, some practitioners still like to go back to the 94 proposed regulations. They like those as if limited partnership test. Now, the theory being that even though they were withdrawn, even though they never became final, they represented a, quote, reasonable interpretation. A caveat. You have to remember that that was under pre-check the box. So it was reasonable in the idea that we had pre-checked the box and we'd already cleared and not been a corporation. But that said, the counter-argument is that we could reasonably interpret the law because the IRS has not yet issued final regulations. If we have a reasonable interpretation, we're fine. And it seems reasonable to look at, could this, could this have been a limited partnership under state law? And if it could have, then maybe that's what Congress really meant. Because when Congress passed these rules back in the 50s, there were no LLCs. Congress could not have, Congress referred to what was there. The question is, where does LLC fall? And the argument would be, we take a look there. My guess is the 94 proposed regulations are probably problematic, but definitely some people use them. Now, the other thing to consider is whatever you do, you likely need to be consistent from year to year. And finally, recall that another place in the code where we have limited partner referred to without any qualification or definition of what does a limited partner mean is in Section 469. Be sure you don't get whipsawed. Your problem could be if you use a broad definition of limited partner for this trade or business, you may find that if the taxpayer has another investment in some other entity, LLC, where now you want to use a different definition of limited partner for purposes of 469, the IRS could reasonably say, we don't think you can have it both ways. They both sections say the same word. They must mean the same things. Please watch those areas. 
key issue. LLCs are up in the air. We may see more developments come now that the Congress is considering Social Security reform. But for right now, carefully consider and look to your positions for purposes of handling self-employment tax for limited liability company members. This presentation was made on May on June the 25th, 2005 to the Phoenix Tax Workshop was updated through that point. The information in this presentation should be confirmed by anyone using it for client purposes and is not intended to be used by individuals who are not trained in tax matters, who are not CPAs, attorneys, or EAs, and who do not have experience in the area of limited liability companies and self-employment tax. This has been Tax Update.